This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining me. It's been a while since we've had a podcast, you know, the All-Star Game weekend and week break recently happened a lot of things going on a lot of people love the all-star game setup some people don't like it and that's not including the new things nhl's bringing to the table the highlighted puck the player banners while they're skating showing their names so on and so forth it's a lot to take in for a fan everybody's got their opinions on whether it's good or bad i'm going to give you my opinion very quickly and then i want to go into a subject before we get into the highlights of the Blues versus Blue Jackets game. We're going to get into this myth that the Blues were very successful with a heavy team. The Blues must be big and physical. I've had this discussion with several people. I wanted to get some stats to you guys that feel like this team needs to be more heavy than fast. Some people say, well, if we're heavy, we can stop their speed. No, the only way that happens is if you have them in the corners and the boards. If guys are in the open ice, You're not going to stop a fast team with a heavy team. You've got to have talent up and down. So anyway, let's get into some of the things the NHL is trying to do. First of all, the highlighted puck. They tried to do this years ago in the 90s. Didn't work. But I I really don't like it. And everybody's going to probably hate me for it. And I understand if some people like it. I really do. If you like it and you enjoy the game more with it, that's great. I'm just giving you my opinion as a former hockey player and a podcast host and a hockey fan. It really doesn't matter to me how hard the shot is. And I think to most big fans, it doesn't. And I'm going to warn you guys, I used to be the COO of a software company, a tech company years ago. This is accurate within about three to 4%, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. Software is built by human beings, guys. It's not perfect. So that shot that shows up at 100 miles an hour, Could be 98 miles an hour. It could be 102 miles an hour. You just don't know. Nothing is perfect. Also with the player tracking. It's a huge distraction. Now, I know people say, well, the NHL is only going to use it when a team goes into an offensive end and they're only going to show the couple players involved in the play. As fast as the NHL game is, that's going to be switching around a lot. You may have two guys breaking into the offensive zone, but then another guy joins them. And one guy goes out of the play, another guy comes in. It's going to be just back and forth, back and forth. I think it's going to be a distraction. I think some fans will like it. I think it turns the game into something that looks kind of carny. It doesn't look professional in my mind. Do I want advances? Yes, I most certainly do. Do I want them to be able to tell when a player is offside? Yes, I do. Do I want them to be able to have better technology to be able to tell If the puck went over the red line in the goal crease, yes, I do. I welcome that technology. And guys, that technology is there. It can happen. I don't want it to be used all the time because if you use it all the time, the game's going to last a long time. I'd like to see it used sparingly. Another thing I'd like to see, 
I'd like this stop to where they have to call into Toronto for every goal that's questioned, for every goalie interference that's questioned, for every offsides that's questioned. Have an official who is not from the home city be there and look at the play right there at the game. The NFL does it right. If the Blues are playing the Blackhawks at home, have a guy from the Washington, D.C. area. If the Bruins are playing the Capitals, have a guy from San Jose. You can do it in an unbiased manner, and I would really like to see that. I think when it's in Toronto, there have been way too many mistakes made. There's one more thing I want to get to in the All-Star game. A lot of people like the three-on-three, because normally there are some high-scoring games, 10-5, to 10-8, so on and so forth. But if you look back at a lot of All-Star games, there's a lot of those type of games when it was five-on-five. You're really not seeing a true player's talent. A three-on-three can make some good players look great. It really can. When you have a five-on-five, it's more like the true NHL game. Yeah, there's not a lot of defense played when it's five-on-five, but there's more defense played when it's five-on-five than there is when it's three-on-three. I just really do not like the three-on-three. And I know I'm going to get some tweets, some emails. Well, you're an old man. I'm not that old. It's got nothing to do with my age. I like the flow of a five-on-five game. You get to see more time of your stars. You get to see guys that maybe only get a few minutes when it's three-on-three. Their city gets to see them a little bit more when it's five-on-five. That would be just great. You get to see the D more. You just get to see the good players more often, and that's what I want in an all-star game. My example to you guys that like the three-on-three, and as I've said, that's great that you do, is would you watch a Major League Baseball All-Star game if they had a pitcher-catcher, two infielders, and two outfielders? Would you watch that? No, it wouldn't be baseball. Would you watch the NFL Pro Bowl if they had a running back, a quarterback, three offensive linemen, three defensive linemen, one linebacker, and one safety and one D-back, or two D-backs and one safety? Would you watch that? No, you wouldn't watch it. At least I wouldn't. And you know why? Like I said, that's not football, and it wouldn't be baseball under the scenario that I stated. I know that Gary Bettman thinks that this is all neat and cool, and he's getting all these young millennial fans who are into technology. Guys, I'm going to tell you, that's not how you bring fans in. The NHL does a terrible job with their PR. They do a terrible job with their marketing. There's so much more the NHL could be doing to build its fan base than to have a three-on-three All-Star game than to have a puck tracker that shows up with the speed of the shot. There's so much more the NHL could be doing besides labeling players as they're skating down the ice, showing their numbers, and there's a lot more to do than that. That kind of stuff is going to impress some fans. You want to make the game palatable to your whole market. You want to bring people in that are 6 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, 25 years old, 35 years old, 45 years old, 60 years old. In fact, I would be willing to bet you the average age of a season ticket holder for an NHL team is well over 25 years old. It's probably in the mid-30s to early 40s. And you guys that are in that bracket of 18 to 30, 32, I'm glad you're supporting the NHL. We need you to support the NHL. But let's make sure this game is fun for everybody to enjoy. The next subject, as I stated earlier, I've had discussions with fans for years about the Blues' lack of speed, about the Blues not being heavy enough, not hitting enough. The Blues need to have a little bit of everything. They need to have speed, and they need to have some guys that are physical. But I get people all the time that's going to say, well, the Blues did their best when they were heavy. Really? What have they done with heavy teams? Have they won a Stanley Cup? No. 
And people have told me, well, they got to that to the conference finals against the Sharks because they were heavy. Yes, they played physically, but they also scored timely goals and had some speed. You can't just say that if it wasn't for the physicality, they wouldn't have gotten that far to the conference finals. Or, well, if it wasn't for their speed, you've got to have both. You have to have both to be successful in this league. Then I'm into a discussion with someone today, and they state that the Blues have been successful this year and beaten the good teams and won games because of being heavy and out hitting teams. Well, to that person and to everyone else that feels that way, the Blues won, I believe, seven games in January. And out of those seven games, guess how many of those games the Blues out hit their opponent? One game. And that was the Ottawa Senators. Their recent two wins against Columbus and Anaheim. And I may be a couple hits off, but the Blues were out hit combined in those two games. I believe 39 to 62 or 39 to 63. So this fallacy that the Blues win when they hit and when they're heavy, statistically, it's not there. Which means if it's not there, they're winning their games without out hitting teams. Hits are nice. Hits are a nice stat. But you've got to score goals. You've got to be able to keep up defensively with other teams. You want a guy to be physical on the D. You want some of your forwards to be physical. But you also want your D to have some offensive skills. Some of the best teams in the league have Ds with very good offensive skills. It's a fine balance. You don't want a bunch of guys out there just hitting people. Because a lot of times if you hit a guy, you're going to put yourself out of a play. You've got to pick when you hit. You don't just go smashing people constantly. So that narrative has been disproven. Out of the blue seven wins in January, they were out hitting six of them. Enough about that. Let's get into the highlights against Columbus. Columbus had been playing very bad. The Blues, of course, have been playing much better lately, getting timely goaltending from the newcomer, Jordan Bennington. They've looked more complete as a team. They've played as a team. The Blue Jackets, on the other hand, for the last four, five, six games have looked really terrible. Tortorelli has ripped into them recently, and I was really thinking that this would really push Columbus to really come out flying in this game against the Blues, but it didn't. There wouldn't be a lot of shots in the first period, but the Blues would get on the scoreboard first and take a one to nothing lead on a goal by our leader in points, and I think our leader when it comes to heart and effort, Ryan O'Reilly. And the Blues chip it back in. O'Reilly after it, now Tarasenko. To the back, Petrangelo, the drive, oh. and they score! O'Reilly tipped it in, and the Blues take a 1-0 lead as O'Reilly has now picked up points in seven straight. Vladdy Tarasenko got to that puck in a hurry, to the left of the goaltender, Corpusalo. That effort and the long extension of the stick after it hobbles off of Jones, and Tarasenko gets to it before Dubois can. Petrangelo with the shot, an awkward, funny bounce that goes underneath the goaltender's pad. The puck goes into the corner. Tarasenko heads for it, gets it, puts it back around the boards to Petrangelo. Petrangelo puts the shot on net, but it trickles through the crease there. O'Reilly heads to the net like a good player should, and he puts it in for the Blues' one to nothing lead. That first goal of the game was O'Reilly's 19th of the year. Petrangelo, with the initial shot, gets his 15th assist. Tarasenko gets his 16th assist. Eight minutes, 28 seconds in. The Blues are up one to nothing. I thought it was a very evenly matched first period. I will say, though, that the Blues looked a little crisper with their passes than Columbus did. And when Columbus had an opportunity to score, 
out of the five shots they had, Bennington made the saves he needed to. Carl Gunnarsson would get his third goal of the year with just 45 seconds left to make it two to nothing. And he stays with the battle. Get some help from Tarasenko. Now in front, Shen tipped in by Gunnarsson. What a play, and the Blues take a 2-0 lead. What a pass, and Gunnarsson tips it in. A lot of grind down low, and when Gunnarsson stayed in the zone and didn't vacate, Ryan O'Reilly jumped back to the blue line to make sure that he had the left point position of Carl. Boom, boom, Gunnarsson. And Gunnarsson taps one in with his stick on the ice, and he is absolutely red hot. No points in his first nine. He now has seven points in his last eight games. Gunnarsson and Tarasenko fighting for the puck in the corner, but instead of heading back towards the point like a lot of defensemen would, he heads towards the net. Great pass right on his stick. Tips it past Corpusalo. Just a great, great goal for Gunnarsson, and the Blues are up two to nothing. That would be Gunnarsson's third goal of the year. Shimmer the Great Pass gets his 19th assist. Tarasenko gets his 17th assist. 19 minutes, 15 seconds in. The Blues head out of the first period up two to nothing. The Blue Jackets only had five shots on goal. Bennington wasn't tested a lot. Maybe had to make one good save. The Blues had eight shots on goal and scored two goals. So Corpusalo did not look really great in that first period. Going into the second period, the Blues still continue to pressure Corpusalo. The Blue Jackets only had eight shots on goal in that period, but nobody scored. Starting the third period, I think most of us realized with the way the Blue Jackets came out in the second period and looked a little bit better than they did in the first, that we were probably going to see even a better effort from them to begin the third period. And that's exactly what we would get. Oliver Bjorkstrand gets his ninth goal of the year, just six minutes, 15 seconds in as he was set up by the bread man, Panarin. Here Luke Dubois there with him is Gunnarsson. Dishes, Petrangelo, turns it over, Panarin in, Fred scores! What a pass, and what a goal, Oliver Bjorkstrand. It's 2-1. Well, a couple missed chances this one. Just moments before, Patrick Maroon's gonna get this puck on the backside, can't get around it, and the Blue Jackets stay with it through the neutral zone, and then on the forecheck, St. Louis tries to casually get this puck up the wall. Petrangelo gets his pocket pick. And Panarin is so quick, so smart. And as that puck comes to him, I'm not sure if he hit the ramp or not. The Blues could not get the puck out of their own end. Petrangelo tries to, but gives it right up to Panarin. And a player like Panarin is going to get that puck to somebody open. And Bjorkstrand was definitely open. Nothing Bennington could do on that one. And this is a much closer game at 2-1. to one. And the Blue Jacket fans are back into this one. That goal by Bjorkstrand would be his ninth of the year. The bread man gets his 38th assist. Six minutes, 15 seconds in, Columbus is back in this game. Vladimir Tarasenko, about 34 seconds later, gives the Blues their two-goal lead back at 3-1. to one. And O'Reilly deals in front, kept in by Jay Bolmeister. Now Shen to O'Reilly, wide open. The drive, rebound, they score! Tarasenko gets it into the empty net, and the Blues get it right back and lead 3-1. to one. That's the way to counter. What a huge goal for the St. Louis Blues. Vladdy Tarasenko wouldn't give up on this puck. Another puck that squirts through the goaltender, much like the first one that O'Reilly scored. Corpusalo, the shot ends up coming right through him. And a determined effort by Tarasenko. Diving head first, reaching with his twig, and gets it on the backhand into the empty net. Two bad goals given up by Corpusalo. 
He should have had both of them, should have had him covered. That first one by O'Reilly squibbles through the crease. He finds it, puts it in. This one squibbled behind Corpusello also. Tarasenko gives the effort, heads towards the net, doesn't give up on the puck, and puts it past him. And the Blues are back with their two-goal lead, 3-1. to one. That goal would be Tarasenko's 18th of the year. O'Reilly gets his 33rd assist of the year. And Braden Shin gets his second assist of the night and 20th of the year. Six minutes, 49 seconds in. The Blues are looking good. Late in the period, Columbus would pull Corpusalo, and it led to a goal. And the Blue Jackets are back in this game at 3-2. to two. And with Bennington making the save. Atkinson Kemp behind the net. On there to Panarin. Artemi shows patience. Dubois with a shot. Scores! Pierre-Luc Dubois takes the Panarin pass. And with the goaltender out, it's 3-2. Well, right from the entry here, you could sense the Blue Jackets as they chip six guys on the ice. They finally get in and pursue the puck, get in the way of the Petrangelo's clear, and that's it. That was the play. Don't allow them to clear that puck, as we've seen all night. The defensive of the Blues have just been chipping that puck out. Panarin takes the time. Dubois takes the time, puts that top shelf. Good job. All starts a pursuit of the puck on the entry. Pierre-Luc Dubois gets right in the middle of around three players, including Petrangelo. Panarin sets him up, he puts it past Bennington, and this is a game again, guys. You're starting to worry a little bit as a Blues fan. You're getting much more excited as a Blue Jackets fan. That goal by Pierre-Luc Dubois was his 19th of the year. Panarin gets his 39th assist. Atkinson gets his 23rd assist. 17 minutes, 23 seconds in. 3-2 Blues. The Blue Jackets couldn't muster any more offense, and Oscar Sundquist Scores his 11th goal of the year, an empty net goal, assisted by Shin, with just 30 seconds left to give the Blues a 4-2 win. Let's head to the stats of the game. The Blues outshot the Blue Jackets 33-20. They won the faceoff battle. Blues had two power play opportunities, couldn't convert on either one of those. The Blue Jackets were 0-for-1 on their power play opportunity. The Blue Jackets outhit the Blues 29-14. And the Blue Jackets outblocked the Blues 16 to 12. Let's head into the postgame interviews. We're going to hear from Gunnarsson, O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and of course, Coach Craig Berube. Yeah, it was nice to get that one. You know, got away with a win, so it's a good start after the break here. It didn't seem like you guys were rusty at all. It seemed like uh, uh, the Chief said he wanted you guys to get involved and get out there early. It seemed like you did that. It was a good game, you know, considering, you know, being off for, for a bit here. Uh, I thought we did a great job just kind of handling the storm coming out in the first first couple of minutes and then kind of building our game. Um, kind of gave up two, on, two in, in, in the last one here, which was kind of tough, but uh, managed to get away with, with the points here, uh, so it was good. You know, you're, you're above 500 for only the second time this season, first time since November 9th. Yeah, we, you know, that's nice, but we can't be happy about that. Just we are where we are in the standings. We just got to keep going here, you know. You really wanted you guys to get off to a quick start. It really looked like you did that today. Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice scoring first, but, uh, you know, coming off the break, you know, we had a mentality. Obviously, they played a couple games. Um, we had a mentality. We had to be heavy and, and, and play a simple game. And, you know, it wasn't a perfect game by any means. You know, we still had some breakdowns, but, you know, guys showed up and we were ready to work. And, you know, we, you know, we stuck with it the, and, and kept battling. That was, uh, you know, that was a great, great way to start, you know, coming out of the break. I know you've got a long way to go, but you're, finally, you're above 500 for 
only the second time all season, first time till November 9th. It's been a long climb, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been frustrating climb, but you know, now's the right time. You know, you can feel it. We're we're making our push, and you know, I believe we're going to get in, and we're just going to keep taking it one at a time. You know, not worried about uh, what other teams are doing. It's approaching each game and and crawling our way back into this. Could you describe your goal and also Tarasenko's? There were both goals where it looked like you guys just didn't want to be denied. Yeah, you know, um, the first one uh, obviously starts with a forecheck. You know, we're we're moving, we're we're skating well, and then we get up the point, and then just, I'm just trying to get lost uh, at the net. And obviously, it's a good shot, and just squeaks through him, and I'm able to tap it in. And then again with Vladdy's as well, same thing, just getting a shot and crashing the net, and it just that's you know being resilient. You know, that's where the goals are being scored these days is is, is around the net, and when we have that hunger and desperation there. It's you know it's giving us big goals at big times. Yeah. How important was it to make a response after they got that that first goal, make it two to one? Uh, you know, first of all, it's really, it's really hard, hard game for us, especially after a break. You know, but I feel like everybody play really well, support each other, and you know that goal, uh, just one game, and we know we need to like try to respond. And you know, it's like empty net bound, so it's uh, kind of luck too. And we're really happy to get these two points. You, you look like a dog going after a bone or something. You to, to get that puck and, and knock it in, uh, uh, a lot of a lot of determination. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you just need to play a little bit more simple, just go there and try to get a rebound. So what's happening? And like I said, it's uh, you know a really big win for us emotionally, and uh, that's what I think we're supposed to do. You know, we feel like responsibilities for playing offense and feel like our line playing for each other, and we just enjoy our time on the ice. How important was it to get off to a to a good start? You guys hadn't played in like ten days. Yeah, that's hard. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's hard. It was hard, a little bit hard start, but uh, it was good to score first two goals and feel more confident, like more uh, like more better after break. And uh, like I said, it's a big win, especially after this ten days off. So we're gonna keep going, and we have a you know, tough road trip coming up. So do you feel a growing confidence with the team? Yeah, I said it maybe a week ago, like a couple of weeks ago, and you know I feel like in the locker room guys confident in themselves, confident in each other, and you know I think the biggest thing we just try to play for each other, so that's why results is coming. Did you get a little too, too interesting there at the end when they get that uh, that uh, goal to make it no, three I to mean, two? I mean, like we try to win, so it's not really maybe more interested for you, but we just try to you know keep our net safe and. Uh, I'll get a win. You talked to us this morning about you wanted to get off to a, a quick start, get involved. You had to like what you saw in the yeah. first period. I thought that uh, we we had good legs right away in the game. Uh, didn't, I didn't think our execution was overly great in the first period, but we got better as the game went along. But it, you know, I thought the legs were there, and we're we're pretty dialed in. Three goals right at the front of the net. I guess you'd call them dirty goals. You have to like that, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot and work on it. And, you know, that's kind of our game. Um, getting in the offensive zone, shooting pucks, and getting to the net and grinding a note down there. So I think we did a good job there and ended up getting rewarded tonight. Did you like the? You had to like the response from Vladdy after after they scored to make it two to one. To like 30 seconds later, you got that great response. Uh, that line was really good tonight. Um, <clears throat> just getting after it right away and attacking, and uh, you know, getting rewarded with a goal. And you, you won him. Do you've talked to him about kind of taking it to the net or going yeah, to the net more? You know, you, yeah, you got to be around the net more. Like, um, and that's that's everyone. Like, yeah, you get some shots from the outside and you get some good looks, but. You know, 
getting to the net and being around that blue paint, you're going to get rewarded with some goals. And, you know, he's done a better job of that. Gunnarsson, not known as a scorer, he's got like seven points in his last 11 games. How do you explain that? He's in the right place at the right time. He, you know, he he's, he sneaks in in the back door a lot, and, and uh, you know, he finds a way. Like, he's a smart player, and he was down there, you know, in the battle, and, you know, made a, they made a good play to Shen behind the net, and he just, he, he was right there. So he went to the net, and Shenner made a great play to him and got rewarded with a goal. He gets knocked to the ice, and the next thing you know, he's, he's scoring the, yeah. the goal. that Our deer doing a good job of getting involved offensively, like, you know, and... That's fine that they're involved there around the net because we've got guys, they back them up, but we want our D involved offensively. You're above 500 here finally for only <clears throat> the second time all, all season. Uh, mentally, is that a good hurdle for the team to get over? Well, I think so, but you know, it's, it's another check mark and we've got to keep moving and we've got obviously a game in Florida here in a couple of days at, uh, and they're fighting for a playoff spot and they're a very good team. So again, you know, it's just about keep, keep going and uh, keep going in the right direction here. Like, yeah, it's, it's a good hurdle to get over for sure, but uh, a lot of work ahead of us. Bennington's play tonight? Yeah, he's solid. I mean, you know, he, he give, again, he gives us a chance to win. That's what he does. And I and, and, uh, thought he made some big saves at the right time. Steen, of, like a fluke injury, gets yeah. hit with his okay? Hit with a stick. Hit yeah, I think he'll be okay. Uh, we'll reevaluate him tomorrow. Yes, that stick that hit Steen looked very, very painful. I was teasing people on Twitter and through emails that, man, Petrangelo is trying to send a message to Steen that, hey, it's my C. I'm the captain. You can't have it. Getting back to the game, the Blues played very well. And like Coach Berube said, Bennington gave them an opportunity to win. Was he just bombarded last night? No. But the saves he needed to make, he made. That's what you want a goaltender to do. When you need him to make that save when you're up 3-2, to two, he makes it. That is a sign of a good disciplined goaltender. And I think Jordan Bennington's going to be a pretty good goalie in this league. Now, with that being said, there are people saying that he's the GOAT. Come on, guys, what's he played, eight games? Then there's other people saying just after five games, he's a much better NHL goaltender than Jake Allen ever was. Maybe he will be. Maybe he'll be a much better goaltender five years down the road. That's very possible. I don't have a crystal ball to see that. I hope he turns out to be a good goaltender. It looks like to me he has the tools to do it. Doesn't flop around a lot. Doesn't waste energy. Is confident in his angles. A lot of people after this were talking about how the Blues are only a point out of a playoff spot. They're, they're going to get in the playoffs. I'm excited by the way they've been playing. But I want people to be tempered. Yes, it's exciting to see the way they've been playing. Yes, we want them to make the playoffs. But you've also got to look at the other side. You've got Vancouver with 54 points. Colorado with 52. The Blues with 51. Arizona with 51. Edmonton with 51. Anaheim with 51. The Blackhawks with 49. I would say only the Kings are really out of it. You've got seven teams fighting for that last playoff position. Can the Blues do it? Yes if they continue to play this way. But they're going to have to get some help from some other teams. They've got to hope some other teams play a lot worse than they're going to play. If it happens, that is great. That being said, I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the Drop Podcast. Until next time, 
Let's go blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Drop Podcast. To get more of the Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance Descott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.